from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello all, I'm Graham, VK4BB. This is the national news from VK1WIA, the edition for week commencing September 20. And after numerous false reports, it's now official. Solar Cycle 25 is underway. NASA and NOAA made the announcements during a media teleconference Tuesday, and according to an international panel of experts, sunspot counts hit rock bottom in December 2019 and have been slowly increasing since. We are very excited to be here today to announce that uh, Solar Cycle 25 has officially started. The last cycle, Solar Cycle 24, was the fourth smallest cycle on record and the weakest cycle in 100 years, with a 13-month smooth sunspot number of 114. Solar Cycle 24 just came to an end, and Solar Cycle 25 began this past December of 2019. That makes Solar Cycle 24 precisely the average cycle length of 11 years. Like the solar minimum that preceded Solar Cycle 24, the current minimum has been very weak, marked with many spotless days and some months showing almost no sunspots. So in December of uh, 2019, the smooth sunspot number reached its weakest point with a smooth sunspot number of 1.8. And since then, it's been slowly but steadily increasing. Each solar cycle has about 11 years, and each solar cycle, NOAA and NASA convene a a panel to make an official prediction for the amplitude of the coming cycle. This solar cycle prediction panel must evaluate all of the available predictions and come up with a consensus forecast for the next cycle. Here to tell you about our official prediction for solar cycle 25 is the uh, panel's co-chair, Doug Biesecker, and NOAA's uh, from NOAA's Space Weather Prediction Center. Thank you, Lisa. So coincidentally, also in December of 2019, this NOAA-NASA convened international panel announced that Solar Cycle 25 will reach a peak sunspot number of 115 in July of 2025. If, If this turns out to be true, this would make Cycle 25 almost identical to the Solar Cycle 24 Lisa just told you about. In more good news, this time for the Australian comm sector, the federal government has announced a $50 million grant program to help local companies display their wares at exhibitions and other events. Criticalcoms.com.au say with physical events scheduled to begin again next year, this will be a welcome development for Australian communication sector businesses that meet the program's eligibility requirements. In announcing the program, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, said businesses will be encouraged to attend events, trade shows and conferences within Australia and that the grants will help to cover costs such as the hire of exhibition spaces, design and manufacture of displays, travel and accommodation. The Federal Government has also announced allocation limits of 1 GHz for the next 5G spectrum auction, scheduled to occur March 2021. The 26 GHz spectrum will enable extremely high-speed, short-range broadband services and will complement the 3.6 GHz spectrum that Australia's telcos are already using for 5G services. 
The auction will mark the first time that high-band 5G spectrum will be made available in Australia. Australia has been among the world leaders in rolling out 5G networks. To maintain our position, we need to make the necessary spectrum available as quickly as possible, said Minister for Communications, Cyber Safety and the Arts, Paul Fletcher. Now from WIA HQ, we hear from Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, and this week our Secretary, Peter, VK8ZZ. And remember, all WIA board minutes can be found on wia.org.au. Just click the WIA information button. This is WIA Director Peter, VK8ZZ. The board of the WIA hold a meeting every calendar month. The meeting is usually held over two sessions, each of approximately two to three hours duration. Each month, the board considers several regular agenda items, including membership numbers as well as financial matters. Other matters considered by the board are often very diverse, yet need careful consideration. In this last year, the board of the WIA have been requested to endorse the use of amateur radio frequencies on two CubeSat satellite projects. The WIA, being the sole peak body for amateur radio in Australia, and as the official member of the International Amateur Radio Union, is required to endorse such applications before they are considered by either the International Amateur Radio Union's Satellite Frequency Coordination Panel or by the Australian Communications and Media Authority. The WIA has already endorsed the BNAR-1 CubeSat project being developed by the Curtin University's Space Science and Technology Centre and is to be launched early next year. The Curtin team has managed to put all the systems required to operate the satellite, including the power, computing, steering and communications, all on a single eight-layer printed circuit board which measures 10 centimetres by 10 centimetres. Having everything on a single circuit board means there is more room to carry sensors, which in this case will be a camera that will capture images of Australia taken from orbit. These images will be sent back to the ground utilising amateur frequencies. Information on receiving and decoding these images will be published in the WIA's Amateur Radio magazine. The WIA has also provided conditional support for the CSIRO's CubeSat project, CyroSat-1. This nanosat will be a three-unit CubeSat, about the same size as a loaf of bread. It will carry an infrared sensor that will allow researchers to see features that can't otherwise be seen utilising satellite imagery in the visible spectrum. To encourage and provide guidance for future satellite projects, the WIA is developing a policy on amateur satellites. This policy is being discussed this month and will be published once it has final approval from the board of the WIA. The board will also be considering a report recently received from Dale VK1DSH on the preparatory group meetings which will be held in the lead-up to the World Radio Conference in 2023. Dale, VK1DSH and Peter, VK2EMR, represented the WIA at the World Radio Conference, which was held late last year. There will be several meetings held in preparation for WRC23, even though it is still three years away. This has been WIA Director and Secretary, Peter, VK8ZZ. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. 
Editor-in-Chief of Amateur Radio Magazine. So, issue number three is in circulation, and a few of you have had some fun at my expense. Hands up those who didn't notice the typo on the front cover. Go on, take another look. Mea culpa. Such things are nothing new. Go to the National Library of Australia's Trove website and do a search for Ship Sinks. Then you'll understand. I have this past week received an email from the postmaster at the mail centre where my post office box is located. She says I have mail. I wonder if it'll be my errant issue number two of AR magazine, or issue number three, or perhaps both. As you would expect, production of issue number four is underway. This time, we intend to take you out of the shack for a stroll in nature. For those of you allowed out, with an emphasis on the pleasures of portable operation. Have a little sympathy for our colleagues in Melbourne still in lockdown. They might be allowed out by the time they receive issue number four. If you plan to write an article or have written one that you would like to see published this year, get cracking. This has been AR Magazine Editor-in-Chief Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, RAC, NZART, Amateur Radio Newsline and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. We begin this week with news from South Africa. Congratulations to 119 new amateur radio operators in South Africa. The new hands have successfully completed the recent 60-question test held for the Class A licence. 124 tests were given at 27 exam centres under special COVID-19 protocols. The 119 successful candidates have since been emailed the results. Before taking the written test, the candidates were required to complete a practical operating assessment and evaluated by two HF assessors, carefully done in accordance with pandemic restrictions. To Europe now, news from France. Plants grow faster on the 40 metre band. New Scientist magazine reports in its August 22 issue, researchers in Paris have discovered the growth of plant seedlings was faster after they subjected the seedlings to frequencies in the 40 metre band. RF pulses at 7 MHz altered a type of biological protein receptor that controls the plant growth rates in crest seedlings, making them grow faster than normal. Similar biological receptors occur across insects, birds and other animals too, including humans. These receptors have roles not only in growth rates, but also regulating biological clocks, or in the case of birds navigating the Earth's magnetic field. This is the first time that radio signals have been found to affect biological receptors, and it has implications around whether life itself could be impacted by RFI. Actually kind of amazing it's taken this long to discover the fertilising effect when one does listen to some of the conversations on the band. Hi hi. In Sweden, Swedish Electrical Safety Agency may ban the sale of optimizers used in solar panel installations due to the high level of RF pollution they produce. 
Removing all solar panel products that spread disruption from the market should be easy for the electrician to do the right thing, and if they choose CE-marked gadgets and follow the manufacturer's instructions. Systems should be nice, says Martin Gustafsson, who is an inspector in market control at the Swedish Electrical Safety Agency. In addition to radio amateurs, the mobile operator Telia is among those affected. The Swedish Electrical Safety Board has made inspection visits to disturbing facilities and carried out a market review of optimizers and inverters from 11 different manufacturers. To the United Kingdom, base jumper rescued from transmitting mast. BBC News reports that a person has been rescued after climbing on a transmitter tower in Dorset, known for its many BBC World Service transmitter antenna towers. Crews isolated the transmitters before a technical rescue team released and lowered the person to safety, Dorset and Wilshire Fire Service said. The jumper was then taken to hospital as a precautionary measure. Radio Today report that TuneIn has removed access for UK listeners to the majority of radio stations based outside that country due to licensing reasons. The move follows a high court battle against TuneIn from Sony and Warner, who say TuneIn was liable for both direct and authorising infringement in connection to all but the UK-based stations contained in its app. TuneIn argued it was simply connecting users to streams owned by radio stations and acted as simply a search engine for radio, just communicating the music contained in each radio station stream to the public. The judge didn't accept TuneIn's argument that it was just a search engine similar to Google, saying users can do so much more than the search, such as browse music by genre and artist. And wrapping up this week's international news to the USA, the ARRL Board of Directors has named James W. Brown, Kilo 9 Yankee Charlie, of Santa Cruz, California, as the recipient of the ARRL Technical Service Award for 2019. The board cited Brown's frequent contributions to and presentations at amateur radio forums at conventions including Dayton Hamvention and the International DX and Contesting Convention. He has also collaborated with the ARRL Lab, contributed to various ARRL publications including the ARRL Handbook and the ARRL Antenna Book and others and shared his technical and education expertise in the fields of audio engineering, RFI, and other aspects of electronics and engineering. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. AM Radio Operational News. It's Context Sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. Oceania Contest Voice from 0600 Hours UTC, Saturday, October 3, to 0600 Hours UTC, Sunday, October 4. CW from 0600 hours UTC Saturday October 10 to 0600 hours UTC Sunday October 11. CQL YDXSSB October 24 25. CQL YDXCW November 28 29. December 6 to 8 160 m worldwide. December 14 15 10 m worldwide. Ted Power Memorial DX Challenge. Four award periods each of three months starting in January of each calendar year and two categories in the contest. Most Wanted and Top 5. Top 5 you try and work the five Most Wanted DXCC entities. Most Wanted to work the Most Wanted DXCC entity. The DX entities in play are those Most Wanted during those three-month windows. 
Complete details can be found at contest.fgirc.org.au forward slash. All major Australian contests, rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. DX Window Mark County Day Award The Collaborative DX team has once again organised Mark County Day, an award for the second year. Stations using the special prefix IY are on from Mark County Day through to September 23 for an event in honour of Guglielmo Marconi, inventor of our wireless. Chile. Special call sign XR210CHI during September is celebrating Chile's 210th anniversary of independence and activities on the HF bands using SSB in various digital modes. QSL via XQ7UP. Germany. DK70DARC is active until the end of December to celebrate the 7th anniversary of the Deutsche Amateur Radio Club. QSL via the Bureau. Australian Special Event. The Aussie Ham so many VKs owe their call signs to is running a special event station until November 11. Fred Swanston, VK3DAC stroke VK4FE, reported in several posts that special event call sign VI75WW2 is active until November 11, 2020, to commemorate the 75th anniversary of the end of the Second World War. The commemorative call sign is in recognition of those who served and those who were at home during the conflict. The worldwide relief at the end of the war and the joy that peace had been regained is indicated by the QSL card. The QSL card picture has been named The Dancing Man. It is a photograph of a man who was filmed dancing in the streets of Australia at the end of World War II. The man consented and was caught on motion picture film in an Australian edition of the newsreel Movie Tone News. The film and the stills from it have been taken on iconic status in Australian history and culture and symbolise joyous relation to war's end. QSL details. For those who make contact with VI75WW2, the QSL is available as a download from silvertrain.com.au under the Amateur Radio tab, and then Special Event Station Logs. Fred, VK4FE, was deeply involved in the introduction of the new licensing system for Amateur Radio, leading to the Foundation Licence in 2005, and until recently provided services through the WIA-nominated training organisation. Members of the Bulgarian Radio Club are on the wireless with special call LZ595IP during the month of September, to one of the memory of Orthodox Saints. QSL via the Bureau. Special call sign 9H3SAT is in Malta during September. HF bands in 6 metres as well as the QO100 satellite using CW and SSB. Send QSLs to his home call DL2AAZ. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Time now for Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Hello, I'm Cole, VK3GTV. And first up, 5 megahertz or 60 metres. The United States Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, 
has announced that two 5 MHz channels have been made available as necessary for interoperability between U.S. government stations and U.S. amateur radio stations involved in emergency communications related to the wildland firefighting response in California, Oregon and Washington and to Hurricane Sally. These interoperability channels will remain active until the need for these channels no longer exists. Channel 1, Primary Voice Traffic, 5332 kHz Channel Center, 5330.5 kHz USB Voice, and Channel 2, Digital Traffic, 5348 kHz Channel Center, 5346.5 kHz USB, with 1.5 kHz offset to Center of Digital Waveform. Amateur radio is secondary on the 5 MHz band and should yield to operational traffic related to wildland firefighting and hurricane response. Although the intended use for these channels is interoperability between federal government stations and licensed U.S. amateur radio stations, federal government stations are primary users and amateurs are secondary users. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, CW, New Internet Forum for CW Enthusiasts. Mark G0KZZ has started a new internet forum for CW enthusiasts. It's wide-ranging, covering amateur CW operating to radio telegraphy history and key collecting to internet-based CW contacts. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Defence. Kodan Communications has won a contract with a large African government to supply Sentry H tactical communications equipment. The contract has a value in the order of 14 million Australian dollars for radios and accessories and is expected to be delivered in the second half of financial year 21. The customer intends to deploy Sentry HTM radios for national security purposes in military operations in a countrywide program. This contract is a one-off purchase and there are no material conditions that are required to be satisfied prior to delivery according to the company in a statement released on September 9th. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. UPMSAT 2 Recordings Wanted The UPMSAT 2 team would appreciate receiving recordings of their satellite. They are especially interested in recordings made from outside Spain. UPMSAT 2 transmits on 437.405 MHz using USB, not FM. AMSAT UK Colloquium News The AMSAT UK Colloquium 2020 will also be online this year. Taking place on Sunday the 11th of October, there'll be one lecture stream from 11am to 4pm. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Military UK Net for Blind Vets adds digital option. In the UK, an amateur radio group for blind veterans isn't letting HF noise get in the way of their regular net. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, whilst speaking with Amateur Radio Newsline, said when increasing noise began disrupting their nets, the Blind Vets UK Amateur Radio Society didn't go QRT. Instead, they got creative and found a new mode they could add as an alternative. The VET group secured the help of the Northwest Fusion Group, which maintains a network of repeaters and gateways, set up and began hosting a Yesu System Fusion reflector for use by the blind amateurs. There is plenty of room for even more hams to join in, they say. 
Wires X Room 4422 is called Blind Nets NWFG and the reflector is YSF number 42233, which is called GB Blind Vets. Anyone can call in the network or join the nets where they'll be made most welcome. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Rescue Radio Rescue by repeater for two US hams Two dramatic rescues by repeater took place late August near the Nevada-California border, bringing home the reality that amateur radio saves lives, especially in remote areas where cell phones simply do not function. Ralph Squillace, KK6ITB, has those details. Ham Radio came to the aid of a critically injured motorcyclist in a head-on highway collision in late August. Eric Barrow, KI7WHH, called in from the scene where the victim remained on the center line of Highway 89, west of Highway 395. Jim Sanders, AG6IF, heard the details and called 911, staying on the air with Eric while Highway Patrol responded. The road was secured from traffic while a helicopter was summoned to transport the victim. Elsewhere, Hams responded to a distress call from a radio operator whose vehicle got stuck on a backcountry road. According to local news reports, Tom Foss, K6ICE, was carrying only a day's supply of water and no food when his Subaru Forester became immobilized. He called for help on the Sierra Intermountain Emergency Radio Association's NV7CV repeater. His situation was reported to police by Rick Olson, KM6DYL, and his son Ryan, KM6DYO, who were listening. Another listener, Ed Turlow, KG7ZOP, guided Tom in finding his location coordinates on his mobile phone, and Paul Gulbro, WA6EWV, linked his repeater to widen the communications reach. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ralph Squillace, KK6ITB. Finally, search and rescue, aided by John O'Brot, KD7NHC, was able to bring Tom to safety. A good outcome. I'm Cole, VK3GTV, and I'll leave you with some breaking news. With the details, here's WIA National News Editor Graham, VK4BB. Yes, and in more Rescue Radio news, Northern Florida Aris requests clear frequency for HF nets. Northern Florida Section Emergency Coordinator Carl Martin, K4HBN, is requesting stations not directly involved in the amateur radio emergency service response to Hurricane Sally please avoid 3.950 and 7.242 MHz. Aris has activated in four northern Florida counties. Shelters are open and power and telecommunication outages are widespread. On Monday last, the Hurricane Watchnet said it will continue to gather any reports from Bermuda in the wake of Hurricane Paulette, which made landfall on the resort island Monday 14. Paulette was slowly moving away from Bermuda, the British Overseas Territory. The Hurricane Watchnet is still currently active on 14.325, seeking damage and storm surge reports. The Atlantic Basin is very busy today, HWN manager Bobby Graves, KB5HAV, said. National Hurricane Centre began issuing advisories on five tropical cyclones located over the Atlantic Basin. This ties a record set way back in September 1971. Locally produced, nationally voiced, globally heard. We are VK1WIA. 
All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Now to the 2020 social scene and due to COVID-19 situation please check these events directly for up-to-date status information. In VK4, Chark AGM Lake Maraboon starts next Friday. That's the 25th, running through to September 27. In VK7, the Miana QSO muster, Saturday, October 24. VK4, the Rockhampton Amateur Radio Club's annual dinner. Now note, there is a date change here. It is now Saturday, November 28. Saturday, November 28 for the Rockhampton Amateur Radio annual dinner. Tark Christmas Party, Sunday 13th of December from 2pm and their Christmas Lights Tour, Friday December 18 from 7pm. In 2021, VK4 Tark Australia Day Long Week Radio Family Camp, VK2 Wyong Field Day, Feb 28, Alara Meet 2021 happens in Bendigo in VK3, October 1 through 4, and again to Myanna, VK7, the Biennial Hamfest, Myanna Community Hall. Now to the final final, and then I'm out of here. Reception reports. WIA News rebroadcasters often give shortwave listeners a welcome to the broadcast as they commence callbacks straight after the local news. Local news follows the national news in all states, and it would be great if those shortwave listeners would email their reception reports and location to callbacks at wia.org.au. So now till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au. 